I know what I would be doing on the holodeck. Having a great big feast. Feast um, and orgies, baby. Yeah, feast and orgies. <laughs> no repercussions. <laughs> well, you can't get drunk because uh, there, there's no al- there's no legal alcohol in the Federation. Right. What they, what they drink is a thing called synthahol. It tastes like booze, but doesn't intoxicate you. Which I'm like, what's the point? Bring out the Sounds Romulan great. ale. It's out. Yeah. It's banned in the Federation, but I know a guy who can get us a bottle. I know a guy who can get us a bottle. Welcome back, listeners, to another episode of the Laser Comb Podcast, your favorite podcast where two 90s kids comb through classic television with a fine-tooth laser. I am one of your hosts, NeoCal, and I am joined by the one and only Siege. Lieutenant Commander Siege reporting, sir. Lieutenant Commander Siege. Oh, sir. That means I'm above <laughs> Lieutenant Commander. Well, what 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 rank are you this week? Um, I am. Hmm. Uh, what's what's a good one? Get, give me one here. Uh, you could be captain. Oh, you could how, be how about how about a, a emergency medical hologram? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure that's a rank. That's more of a a, a function or a state of being, if you will. Or or you know just a. A program that you double click <laughs> on in the in the med bay because your your doctor's dead or you don't have one, and that's who I am today, folks. I'm the program that you haven't like booted up since like 2003. <laughs> uh, much like this TV series, uh, this week on the Laser Comb Podcast, we are continuing on with our Star Trek themed month. Uh, we're actually getting down to the wire here. Uh, we are on the fourth out of five of the original Star Trek live action Star Trek TV shows, Star Trek Voyager. And this week in particular, we're talking about uh, episode 12 of Star Trek Voyager. Now, Voyager uh, premiered the following season immediately after Next Generation aired. So for quite a while there, uh, there were, for a number of years there, there were two, I guess like a full decade, really. There were two uh, Star Trek shows running concurrently. So next generation, yeah. like the original series ran from 66 to 69. Nice. Um, and <laughs> next generation ran from 1987 to 1994, but then deep space nine premiered in 1993. So for two years there, those shows were running concurrently. Yeah. And deep Sp- and then next generation ended in 1994. And then in 1995, uh, Voyager premiered. And then Deep Space Nine, I believe, ended in 1999. And so then Voyager... Quite a few years of overlap between Deep Space Nine and Voyager. Yeah, and uh, I believe Voyager ran until 2000 or 2001. So, yeah, for the, there was a period of about uh, six years there where uh, there was uh, two Star Trek shows running concurrently. Mm-hmm. What a time to be alive. I was and alive. Indeed we were. And indeed we were. <laughs> and I was loving every minute of it, except for Deep Space Nine. I if, we if just only... covered Deep Space Nine, but I feel like we found a gem. Boy, did I <laughs> like week weekend at quarks. <laughs> weekend at quarks. Nice. Yeah, yeah, that was that was a great one. Um 
I remember watching uh, uh, Star Trek Voy the the series premiere of Star Trek Voyager when it originally aired, which was on January sixteenth, nineteen ninety five. So that was only like two weeks after my tenth uh, birthday. Mm-hmm. I remember watching it pretty vividly. I'm looking at it the. Series premiere drew 21.3 million viewers, which is just wild. And, and I, I mentioned this uh, on uh, previous episodes, but like, I think people... Do they estimate household size or are they talking about like individual, like cable pathing? Whenever uh, indivi- they show that. Individual households. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, uh yeah I anyone think listening there's like 35 million ish people in canada so <laughs> that'd be like two, that'd be like two-thirds of canadians tuning into voyager yeah um and I, I, i'm pretty sure i mentioned this on a previous episode of the podcast but um i think people nowadays kind of take for granted just how fucking huge star trek was in the 90s like a big fucking deal. Star Star Trek was really, really popular. It, it surpassed the oh sci-fi's for nerds four eyes. Like uncles and dads and like moms were watching Star Trek. Yeah. <laughs> and with good reason. It's uh uh it's a great franchise all around. But um Voyager, Star Trek Voyager was not um it's not a, a favorite uh, a series amongst a lot of viewers. And indeed, I mentioned the series premiere drew 21.3 million viewers. The finale of season one, which was 16 episodes, drew 6 million viewers. And there, there's always a decline. There's, people, always... There's, there, there's always a decline. It doesn't matter what show it is. But in the span of uh, 16 weeks to go from 21 million viewers to six, like, oof, that, that, is, that is proof right there that a lot of people did not like Voyager. Got a problem with a, a woman being captain? Fuckers. <laughs> um, I like Janeway. Uh, I've commented about this on social media and stuff. It's like, what's what's your hot take about Star Trek? And uh, it was a Twitter thread, and I only saw it because right. you had interacted with it. Um, and I, I I follow like twelve people <laughs> on Twitter, so I see everything. Um, Siege interacts with everything, your PMs and your wildest dreams. Um, <laughs> you got like a, a a max headroom thing because your glasses are reflecting your monitor when you turn over to look at your second monitor, and it's very kind of like Matrix, like. Like symbol symbolic meaning <laughs> there as you're scrolling through the white the white text. <laughs> um, sorry, uh, uh, anyone listening, audio. Um, but like, what was my hot take? Oh, all caps. I came in and I'm like, Janeway, best captain, fight me. <laughs> and indeed, someone did uh, did did come at you about it. I, I believe it was a friend of yours. Um. All, all in good shows fun. how much I checked it. I didn't know but uh, my my little oh, right, it's a yeah. friend of mine. Yeah, yeah. My my little spicy take on that same uh, Twitter thread was, and Star Trek Enterprise was good, and so was its theme song. That uh, is that the one everyone hates. That is Lately. the one everyone hates. I have a friend well, who's well, like no. Star Trek is solid from beginning to end, and then they were like, except. 
And the yeah, one, it was Enterprise, they must well, have said. The one nowadays they hate is one of the ones that's currently airing, which is Discovery. And indeed, Discovery is a pretty fucking mixed bag. Wait, no, it's Discovery. They said Discovery's bad. Right. Yeah. Um, I'll uh, maybe maybe I'll rant. Uh, maybe I'll talk about a little bit after at the end of next week's uh, episode of the podcast. After we're done talking about Enterprise, I'll kind of just give my thoughts about newer Star Trek uh, a little bit okay, as like kind okay. as like kind of a postscript. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, anyone that's new or uh, forgot because we don't remind you all the time, uh, <laughs> uh, Laser Comb. Uh, Star Trek month right now, but the laser comb podcast, um, it's like a random episode of either a Patreon patron choice or a poll or just something from our childhood where we were like, Hey, remember this show? Um, so we can't do anything that's uh, running currently or that uh, isn't like finished their seasons or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah so uh, that means no discovery. No Discovery, no Star Trek Picard, no uh, uh, Star Trek Prodigy, which is this kid's show that's airing right now, uh, has has a, a Janeway in it, a hologram of Janeway, uh, voiced by Kate Mulgrew, teaching a bunch of uh, alien kids in, yeah, in Starfleet uh, Academy, I think. It's not very good from what I've heard, but I mean, it, it's... It's a kid's show. I'm, I it's, have no intention of show. watching it. The and if that... anybody knows anything about us and our podcasts, it, it's that we detest kids' shows. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, the, the one that everyone really likes that's airing right now is uh, uh, Star Trek Lower Decks, which is another animated show. But it's it's got this kind of like Rick and Morty thing going. Oh, uh, boy. Yeah. Uh, everyone really likes it. Uh, I've watched the first season of it, and I was like, eh. It was... There, there's some fun jokes here and there, and it's... M- M- Morty, M- Morty, you gotta take the seat and jam it way up my butthole, Morty. Way up there. That that uh, was about when I pulled out of uh, Rick, <laughs> Rick and Morty. Um, it, it's not quite that bad, but... Uh, <laughs> uh, any, anyway, I'll talk more about Lower Decks <laughs> next week. Maybe I'll brush but, up on some of the newer shows before then. So uh, last last week when we did uh, Deep Space Nine, uh, we rolled up a random episode of Ye Old Voyager, um, but we rolled the same number we, we had already done. Yeah, we we had landed on episode one seventeen of Next Generation, so we're like, oh, okay, cool. So for uh, going through the number generator last week to uh determine what episode of voyager we were going to watch this week uh we also epi- ended on episode 117 again and i'm like i'm like eh, I, I i don't want to do the same episode number it is random because random means you can land on the same one but like we also want to see what the beginning end or middle of a series is like and we're like this is this is one of the few times that i think we should redo <laughs> Well, and, and the indeed the episode that we landed on was something about like Janeway reminiscing about some ancestor of hers from like the Idaho. 19th century, and we were like, yeah, yeah, let's uh, <laughs> let's try to find that. something a little a little more interesting. And, and indeed, indeed, we ended up on <laughs> uh, uh, 
we ended up on episode 12, Heroes and Demons, or as I like to call it, Star Trunk Renaissance Fair. <laughs> Star Trunk in the park. <laughs> oh, uh, Star Trek. Uh, Dungeons and Star Trek. Dungeons and Star Trunk. Yeah. Star Trunk, the next denigration. <laughs> There, yeah, there we go. Uh, so the the episode opens up with uh, speaking of Janeway. Uh, Janeway is going down to engineering because uh, Belana Torres, the um, chief engineer, she has these two like containment fields that have these like like uh, photonic particles or they went whatever. by a certain star, a, a photonic star. A, a new, they were like, a new, hey, we can... a new star. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the photonic plasma in it. Um, is actually a more efficient version of fuel that we can blah 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 we can go faster there is a whole lot of uh trekno babble in this cold open my partner <laughs> who's not a trekkie um has been watching these with me and she was like i'm starting to remember why i don't like and i'm like no no H hold on <laughs> And indeed, like um, every Star Trek show has Trekno babble, but like in this, I don't. Maybe it's a Voyager thing. Maybe I, I, because I haven't watched Voyager in years. I, I do really like Voyager for the record, but yeah. um, I, I was shocked at like com even compared to like Next Generation or Deep Space Nine, just how much fucking Trekno babble was in this cold open. I'm like, this is a whole. Fair. It's not it. Um, it's a whole lot of nonsense that you're speaking right they now. They do make sense of it, but it's like, do I need to know? Just say, hey, we got these canisters from this photonic like star, and it should be like a more efficient uh, fuel source. Boom, baby, done. Five seconds. Yeah, and so Balana is <laughs> so Balana is like uh, is like, yeah, I can uh, I can do some science on these bitches. And Janeway's like, how long? And Balana's like, twenty hours. And Janeway's like, I want it in six. I'll There's send so many tropes, man. <laughs> I'll, I'll send Harry Kim down here to help you. Harry Kim, get down here. No response. Harry. Computer. Where are you, you little bastard. <laughs> computer, locate Harry Kim. Harry Kim is not on board the Enterprise. And it's like, oh shit. So right away it's like. Well, one, yeah. they don't have privacy. And computer just like bioscans wherever they are. I understand that this is a professional. Well, this is a military force. Exactly. So it's like, you know. It's not like Big Brother literally has a camera up their butthole at every second. But I was like, oh, right. Yeah, of course, the computer could just go. Boop, 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 boop. Hey, they're not here. But right away, it's like, um, I forgot how in contrast to Deep Space Nine, Voyager will be like, somebody's fucking dead in the first like two minutes. And you're like, well, I, uh, and, and that being alone and not having access to starfleet resources to like whatever and kind of just having to figure shit out as they go along is part of why i like voyager we mm. talked about this last week but deep space nine feels stagnant because it's just a space station so the conflict has to come to them yeah whereas in voyager they're out in the delta the quadrant out in the sigma quadrant uh well, by themselves I, and, and i think in the case of deep space nine the writers figured that out because i think it was in did. season three they they introduced uh the ship the defiant that wharf ended up commanding so they could have episodes where they went off on adventures exactly yeah yeah um so yeah but so yeah, uh, kim 
He gone, man. Uh, on the bridge, uh, Commander Chakotay uh, mentions to uh, to Janeway that uh, Harry Kim had uh, some holodeck time booked, and they're like, "Oh, oh, computer is uh, is Harry Harry Kim on the holodeck?" And the computer is like, "Unknown." And Tuvok, who is like controlling the console, is like, uh, "Yeah, there's a a lot of there's a massive energy buildup on that holodeck. Uh, it's blocking our sensors." And Chicote is like, all right, Tuvok, get in the turbo lift. We're going to check this out. Strap in, buddy. Um, uh, real, real quick. Um, I, I like everybody here. So, like, real quick. Um, uh, Balana is half Klingon. She's half Klingon, yeah. Um, and and solid. Um, I th- I think she balances out, creates conflict in a good way. Um, grates you, uh, but she's not like Worf, where Worf will just be like, women are weaker than men, so thus, a weaker hand supports a blah, blah, blah. <laughs> this is a woman's game. <laughs> right? And where he's supposed to be like abrasive, um, <laughs> we don't get that with like Balana, but we, we get her very like, nobody can do anything better than I can, and I, I, I need to learn how to like accept help vibes from her, from her, which I like, but everyone's so different that it creates these really interesting well, interactions. And, interactions. Well, part of the interesting dynamic about the crew of uh, Voyager is it's two crews. It's it's two crews. Uh, do we want to give just a very quick rundown about that? Right, okay, so they roughly, um, to, to step back a little bit, roughly what, what Voyager is about and one of the things that sets it apart from the other Star Trek shows is the USS Voyager uh, Federation starship. Um, I believe they go to this like signal array or something in, yeah. in the first episode uh, uh, being controlled by someone called the Caretaker. Um but a group of basically anti-Federation rebels called the Maquis also go to this. The, the caretaker pulls them into like some kind of, uh, some kind of like wormhole or something that ends up flinging them uh, 70 million light years deep into the Delta quadrant. This is far beyond anywhere that the Federation has explored. Mm-hmm. Um, and so out of necessity, the Maquis crew ends up joining the crew and, and very reluctantly, I might add, ends up joining the uh, the crew of the USS Enterprise. And one of the caveats was they had to instill their commander, their their leader, Chakotay, as Janeway's first officer. And instill them as part of the crew and equals rather than like criminals. Yeah. This is only going to work one way, <laughs> right? If you put you put all your shit aside and like work together and um and and yeah Chakotay um is first officer and like you said he's head of the uh yeah that, um, yeah the rebel I, group the the maquis yeah if i recall correctly that was the only way the maquis would the the only way the maquis would agree to actually like join the crew of voyager was if their leader uh what became like basically second in, first officer second in command of the USS Voyager, and I I kind of dig that. Mm-hmm. Like I, I dig that premise, and um, there's a lot of different like uh, what is the actor that plays Chakotay? Um, he he kind of looks like indigenous, like 
he, North he's American Na- First Nations. Uh, he's Native American, yeah. Yeah, he's Native American. And um, he's got like a, a tattoo kind of like um, uh, uh, like on, on his like face. And right away that sets him apart from Starfleet because homies in Starfleet don't have facial tattoos. <laughs> Facial tattoos, right? Actually, I, I will say the crew of the uh, the vo- the main cat core cast of uh, Voyager is fairly racially diverse. Yeah. Um. My again, this doesn't mean that I don't like the other the 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 other shows or whatever. My favorite Vulcan is Tuvok. Oh, okay. Um. He's the most Vulcany of Vulcans. <laughs> In. In my uh, experience, I, I, yeah, I would agree. I, I actually uh, maybe controversial opinion, and no, it's not be all not just because she is incredibly hot, but I really like T'Pol on I Enterprise. Knew you were gonna say that? I really like her character. Um, I like Tuvok, and he's Both got some them. solid lines in this. And so, when you meet with characters that um, socially do not behave like normal humans, whether it's yep. the emergency medical hologram the doctor tuvok right um and then later when seven of nine comes on the show they're so weird and different when they're talking to each other or to like normal people it it's almost infinitely um amusing to me Hmm. because seven of nine is very straightforward doesn't understand nuance um doesn't like well, chit chat. Well, her being a, a human being who was assimilated by the Borg as a young child, and then she doesn't have and, and her, has, her life. She hasn't been a human. Yeah, she spent like twenty years of her life, like her entire like adolescent and like into her like twenties, like as uh, a Borg drone, and they were able to save her and remove all of that. But she, well, she did didn't really understand humanity didn't really understand and, like, and i like human. her rediscovering humanity and so then you have tuvok where he's just unapologetically so vulcan like just shockingly vulcan and and i love that so much and then you have the emergency medical hologram who the doctor yeah the he's left online oh so i guess i'll explain that character he's left online because they don't have a doctor yeah, the doctor was killed uh, in the um, during the conflict, the initial conflict. Yeah, yeah, and what the thing that ended up like fleeing them into the um, uh, into the, the the Delta Quadrant. Doctor was killed, so they activated the emergency medical hologram. And um, typically, these EMHs uh, they all look the same. Uh, it was fun actually in the movie Star Trek: First Contact. Uh, Robert Picardo uh, has a cameo as an EMH on the Enterprise. But he is a just woke up, just woken up. Like, what is the nature of your medical emergency? Yeah, like very cut and dry. That's his line, right? What Please the state the nature of, of the medical emergency. That's what it is. Please state the nature of the medical emergency, right? And uh, so the fact that someone's left on line. So because he's left on all the time, something unexpected happens in that he ends up growing sentience. And the crew, man, I love, I like Voyager. Like people that know me, Voyager is my favorite. It's really fun later in the series when he ends up getting a portable emitter. 
so he can yes. actually uh, <laughs> like it's like 20 uh like 29th century tech or something like that uh but he ends up getting a portable emitter that actually lets him leave sick bay and even leave the ship and go on away missions and yeah, stuff and 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 in, speaking of away missions um this is his first away mission yeah. because the emitters in um medbay um are kind of very similar to the matter emitters in uh, the hollow deck right so it's not I'd... too hard to get him to project to the hollow deck um and uh, this episode explores his i'm getting a little ahead of myself but the episode explores him being uneasy with something he wasn't programmed for yeah and we'll we'll, we'll and get I, to we'll, I, I like it we'll, we'll get to that in a second um so uh chakotay and uh tuvok go to the holodeck and it turns that they're they the holodeck uh program that's running is beowulf um and uh the epic of beowulf folks the epic of beowulf that's only con from what i've heard i've never read it but from what i've heard beowulf is really only considered so important because it's literally the only piece of literature that they found from that era that that survived from that era so it's considered to be this like masterpiece that's what i've heard i've never read it but that's what literary nerds have told me um so anyway uh they they are greeted by a a, a hologram program named uh freya she's this uh shield maiden and uh right away she is given her uh given a 11 out of 10 renaissance fair uh uh star trek in the park yeah. <laughs> renaissance fair performance uh she sure does um and, and she is like uh 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 who like who are you friends with uh with beowulf and chakotay's like why yes yes we are and tuvok's like huh and he's like well it would make sense that this is harry kim's program it makes sense that he would make himself the hero <laughs> which i'm like yeah yeah I mean, yeah and so Ch chakotay and one thing i forgot about chakotay oh my video just uh went 180p whatever uh, <laughs> uh one thing i forgot about chakotay while watching this was he always has a dad story i forgot about that he he always has some like minor like comical anecdotal like story to go along like with something and he's always the oh did you know because tuvok's like what is beowulf and he's like ah oh, it's a sixth century blah 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 from like this and i'm like why would you know that but then i'm like oh Ch chakote he's the well-read dad he's got mm. an opinion about everything <laughs> i mean i don't know i mean the book I, I is like from it. the 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 book is from the uh the uh sixth century and like it's still talked about nowadays so why why wouldn't it be even like 400 future, years from now would, that, that's yeah. a good point and um one thing i want to point out is um, what doesn't like, make sense is uh james t kirk bombing around in a 1960s uh corvette listening to sabotage by the beastie boys in the 24th 23rd century <laughs> yeah anybody that's been listening to us funny story we actually went in a rant about that uh on a non-star trek i can't even remember what like <laughs> we, we have a few different podcasts and on one of them um we have voiced our opinion with the 
oddities of certain movies in the yeah. Star Trek franchise. Uh, specifically that J.J. Abrams uh, 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 <laughs> directed and produced uh, trilogy. He didn't direct Which the third one. Which has good but... points. Uh, that, first weird. One, that, that first one I do enjoy quite a bit. Uh, yeah. But that specific thing that I mentioned, um, uh, a child bombing around in a uh, 1960s Corvette listening to Sabotage by the Beastie Boys in the 23rd century. Um, like I said, Beowulf, 6th century text, people still talk about it today. I don't doubt they'll still be talking about it like three or 400 years from now. I you don't know what 17 year olds don't listen to now? Beastie Boys. <laughs> exactly. And I, we're not in the 27th century. Uh, uh, 20, 23rd. 20, 23rd century. Um, ask an 18 year old if they're aware, even aware of the Beastie Boys. And do you think they play like a weird classic? Like El Elvis. If what? he was listening to Elvis, I would have been like, yeah, okay. But it's also been established in uh, the future that uh, in the, the future of Star Trek, that people listen to classical music. Yeah. And I mean, people listen to classical music now. So exactly. <laughs> people aren't necessarily. If you meet so, like a, an 18 year old who knows who the Beastie Boys are, it's probably just going to be like, oh, yeah, that's some some group my dad likes. <laughs> Yes, we are getting Beastie that old. Boys are old. They were, they were old even when I listened to them in the 2000s, right? Oh, yeah. They've been around since the 80s. Yeah, when people are like, oh, man, hip-hop died. Like, you know, like in the nine, in the early 90s when NWA and blah, blah, blah and all this other stuff dissolved. And I'm like, Beastie Boys never stopped. <laughs> Didn't Intergalactic, like, come at funny story? I actually sent... Uh, that song age. came. That song came out in 1998. 98. The years blend together. I was going to say, didn't that come out in the 2000s? Yeah. Um. I actually sent you a GIF from <laughs> Beastie Boys Intergalactic. Uh, Intergalactic Planetary, or is it just they, called Intergalactic? They yeah. had a song that came out in the mid 2000s that I really liked too. Called. Uh, uh. Actually, they had a couple. I think one was called. Uh, Ch -ch check it out and another Ch was called Ch -ch 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 check it out what, and uh, what, what, another what? one another one was called it was there was from the same album i actually had that cd me uh, too man <laughs> another one uh was triple trouble yeah. that, was, that was a fun song anyway we're really lost in the weeds at this point we're lost in the weeds the point is <laughs> beastie boys six six points of separation two points of separation <laughs> so we didn't go that we're not that far far off anyways my partner's watching this episode with me and she's like oh at the acting of the um the extras in the holodeck and i'm like no no Love no no. <laughs> no 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 they're supposed because this is supposed to be like an operatic like it's supposed to be an epic where they're not yeah. speaking normal English. Hail the great warrior. It's supposed to be like a bad Dungeons and Dragons yeah, yeah. campaign. And indeed, it gets even better when Freya takes uh takes uh Chakotay and Tuvok to the uh to uh Hrothgar, who is an actual uh real person, by the way. Yeah. 
uh, Hrothgar. Um, uh, Hrothgar is her father, so she and she takes him, and he's like the Jarl of this area. Yeah. And she takes him to, she takes Chakotay and Tuvok uh, to to meet with him, and so uh, to be, tell him the the to so he can tell them the help. fate of uh, of Beowulf. They're like they killed Beowulf, that bastard, and they're like and, Rendell killed Beowulf. Shit. And uh, and this like anytime any of these scenes in this uh, in this uh, longhouse, just with these characters interacting and just overacting, like very like very like uh, very high school Star Trek production in the level <laughs> Star Trek and very like high school like drama like level of acting. This is when my partner believed me when I had said um, no no there this. I think she's supposed to be a bad actor and actually started like viewing it as a comedy. Yeah. Right. And she's like, okay, no, this is, this is pretty great. Um, all of these Vikings overacting. Yeah. And uh, it's so great too, because like Chakotay and Tuvok, they still use like modern language and the way Tuvok responds to some of them. It's like, Oh, perhaps we could assist you with this illogical revelation. Like shit like that, and they respond to him. They're like, "Hark, the traveler! Of course you can, brave warriors you must be." And I'm like, Tuvok interacting with this like medieval like Star Trek in the park like high school production is. I kind of just want a whole episode of that. You know who would be really fun uh, in this episode? Data, because Data would lean right into it. I want to see this episode, <laughs> right? But have it a Robin Hood um, holodeck program. There is Data. that episode of Star Trek: The Next Generation. It's Data? called Cupid. <laughs> I, I, I knew you're going to bring that up. Uh, 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 Data, uh, the Doctor. Yeah, Seven of Nine. Okay, and Tuvok, or any of the Vulcans, <laughs> right? And just. Seeing because the um the the programs in the holodeck respond to you as if you spoke in a way they can understand. So seeing Tuvok be like, uh, this is an illogical course of action, and uh perhaps we can assist you with finding a better solution. Yeah, and then being like, I knew thou were a great warrior. It's like <laughs> it's it's so it's beyond like, Oh, bad acting to kind of terrific. And I, and I kind of want a whole episode. Yeah. Yeah. That's like that. I, I immediately, like as soon as uh, Freya like stepped out and just immediately was just like uh, Shakespeare in the park overacting. I, uh, I was on board. It, I, I was on board right away. I'm like, I'm like, I see Speaketh exactly friend or foe. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, I see exactly what they're going for with this. Good, great writing. But the, the gist of the gist is um, Tuvok's like, we simply wish to examine the remains of Beowulf. Mm-hmm. And they're like, ho ho, Grendel dragged his body back to his lair. And Hrothgar has the his like right hand man or something. I can't remember his name, but he's Purposefully like a completely antagonistic towards he's a, um, to everyone. To, yeah. Literally to, everyone to the, in this uh, episode. the player. Yeah. And he's supposed to be. And uh, what happens here? Um, 
they refuse to fight him. So they're like, you have first watch of the night. Uh, and then there's like a big white light that comes through the uh, the door of the hall. And uh, uh, Chakotay, the Chakotay and Tuvok exchange some dialogue about some some bullshit. And, uh, and same thing, they um, back on the bridge, there's back and forth. And they're like, hey, we can't shut down the program because there's this energy and some blah, blah, blah. They need to stay in there. It's back and forth jargon. Yeah, yeah. Tech, tech they, talk, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Tuvok's like, oh, I'm detecting an energy surge with my tricorder here. And big white light from the door comes. And then all of a sudden, uh, we we cut away. And on the bridge, they're bi- like... Something that's close to a biblically accurate angel. <laughs> Perhaps. Uh, yeah. Barely enters frame, but we cut away, like you said. And on the bridge, they're like, uh, oh, we're not detecting uh, 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 Tuvok and Chakotay's life signs anymore. And they're like, shit. (laughs) And uh, someone uh, hypothesis, I think it's, I think it's uh, Tom Paris. Um, A lot of people hate Tom Paris. I'm actually a fan. A lot of people, I really like him and Harry Kim. That's another like hot take, Star Trek hot take. People hate Harry Kim. And I'm like, what the fuck, man? Like, they're bad actors in Deep Space Nine. And yet people are apologists of everyone in that yeah everyone and also i think garrett wang that's the name of the actor who plays uh uh harry kim he's fine he's like but the thing is he's supposed to just be the everyman dude yeah he's um and and um uh the the pilot guy you just said his name uh tom paris tom tom paris um i like him I think he's interesting. And and he he's that sarcasm that the, the cast kind of doesn't have. Yeah. So, so uh so Tom Paris is like, hey, wait a minute. What if uh what if they're not dead, but what if they've just been confer- converted into energy? And they're like, Bwah? but Janeway mentions she's like, you know what, it kind of makes sense because like Think about trans and this part I really like. She's like, think about transporters, like how that works, converting matter into energy. And holodecks are just an offshoot of transporter technology in that we're converting energy into matter. Perhaps it's possible that the holodeck could then convert matter in terms of people. They're not supposed to do this, but perhaps there's a way that it they could be converted into holographic energy. Eh? Eh? And here's the thing: the viewer is like, um, the viewer is like, well, yeah, they're not going to kill off three main. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, you have to suspend your disbelief, right? And the show needs to explain itself in order to suspend that disbelief, right? Even and though I, we know they're going to be okay. I actually like that explanation. Like, yeah. like I said, I, I I like that little bit. And they're like, so what do we do? We can't just leave our people behind. And uh, Tom Paris is like, well there's someone that we can send in there and we cut away to sick bay and we get the doctor sitting very awkwardly. I don't know. There was something awkward about this scene when they're talking to him, he's like faced away from them. Yeah. And he had, and like Cass is behind him. I noticed that too. I was like, what's almost like they're interrogating him. What, what was the vibe there? I was gonna ask you about that. Yeah, it, yeah, it was just a, it was a weird, weirdly, uh, weirdly framed scene for me, but I did like that 
they didn't necessarily just tell the doctor that he had to do this. They're they're pitching this to him, essentially. They're saying, this is our idea. This is why we need you to do this. This is why you're the man for the job. And so one thing about Voyager is they're never just telling him to do things. Um, they treat him as a living sentient crew member of it, the ship. Because that's a very, and that's a very Star Trek thing. They're like... Their, their minds are very open to different, all kinds of different forms of life and consciousness, whether it's biological or artificial. So the fact, so the fact that the, the EMH became, after being left on for so long, ended up starting becoming self-aware and became an intelligence immediately. They have to respect. Immediately, according to uh, Starfleet code, they have to respect that and start treating him as a uh, intelligent life form. And, and I like that. So they come and they're like, hey, like, can you or will you do this? And he's like, all right, I'll do it. And Janeway's like, okay, so the, 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 the program you're going into is uh, Beowulf, so please brush up on it. And he's like, oh, you boy. Got three hours. Uh, so he goes and sits down and starts reading Beowulf. And he's got this, like, kind of, like kind of uh, amusing smirk on his face and Kess comes in and is like hey what's wrong and he's like nothing I'm doing research and she's like you seem nervous and he's like no no I'm fine she's like dude come on just tell me like I can tell you're nervous and he's like it's strange I know everything about this entire sick bay uh top to bottom uh, beginning I'm not to nervous end. about making life and death decisions. Yep. I'm not nervous about going into life-saving surgery. Mm-hmm. But I'm nervous about this because I don't know what I'm go walking into. And she's like, well, you want to be recognized as uh, part of the crew and as a like uh, life, uh, intelligent life form. Uh, they going go on, on away missions. They yeah. go on away missions and they don't know what to expect when they go on them on them as well. And this would be a really good way for you to get that kind of recognition. And he's like, you know what? Thanks, Cass. Continue your studies while I'm gone. And uh, what's the gist with Cass? Because uh, she's an alien. I I think um I think they found her on a planet or something. Like her family had been killed. She was like marooned or something like that. Um, right, right. Kess, another character people don't like. Oh, people people don't like Kess. Yeah. Um, Ooh, okay. People don't like a lot. People don't like half the cast of this show. I people hate Neelix too. I always liked Neelix. Neelix I, being the chef. I met yeah Neelix. Um, I met Ethan Phillips, actor that plays uh, Neelix, and uh, Robert Picardo uh, in person. Right, right. Yeah, you had mentioned have, uh, that you met Robert Picardo. That's rad. And I have um, um, signed autographs of them and and a picture with them. Um, I'll I'll share it after this goes goes up um, mm -hmm. or post it in the comments of any links or or whatever. Um, and uh, I it's mentioned cringy because I. It's it's cringy because it's like, man, you don't want to take up too much of their time. But they were at a, a comic convention that didn't have a lot of buzz, kind of hung out and spent like a few hours of the afternoon, like chatting with them. 
Oh, interesting. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I've got a picture. I was like, hey, you know, I I I didn't mention the money thing, but I was like talking to them. I bought um autographs with them, right? And I was like, hey, can I get a picture with both of you? Like I uh, for me, and again, people cannot like Voyager, that's fine. But for me, I grew up, I was I'm a little bit younger than Siege. I grew up where Voyager was on air as I was old enough to start appreciating Star Trek. So Voyager is my like teenage um, entry into Star Trek. So it holds a special place for me. So to meet, hang out and talk with uh, Ethan Phillips and Robert Picardo um, was a, was a big deal. And um, they are, uh, they're actually really cool. I had mentioned, uh, uh, Deep Space Nine, or not Deep Space Nine. I'd mentioned uh, Star Trek First Contact uh, a few minutes ago. Uh, Ethan Phillips also has a cameo in that movie, but not as Neelix. Oh, <laughs> a, oh not as Neelix. No, there's a scene on the holodeck where uh, 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 Picard and Ellie like uh, go into a holodeck program to escape the Borg, and it's like this casino. It's a it's a Dixon Hill book. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, but it's like this casino and he's like the, he plays like the maitre d'. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. He's very so, good at that. so he's in it, but he, he's not, he's playing a human character. He's just playing. Yeah. Um, yeah. In, in the picture, I'll, I'll share it on social media. Uh, in the picture, um, I am like a giant, I have my arms around both of them and I'm smiling with a huge grin. I'm like, yeah. because, <laughs> because, uh, audio listeners go check out the stupid face i i made on youtube <laughs> um because it's just like wow holy shit like i never thought i'd meet and to other people it's like so what i met like this celebrity but again maybe these two to me were more important as yeah, to certain yeah. celebrities to others because like this is the kind of thing that i would i would watch like in the evenings in my very small town with like 23 channels. Right. And it, it was like a daily, like a, a, a daily ritual for, for me. I got to meet uh, Jason David Frank, the green power ranger a few years ago at a, I convention. remember how stoked you were, <laughs> dude. I, I and like, you've always liked the green ranger more. Yeah. Like even everyone I, knows that about you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was very like, and like, I've, I, I've met a lot of like relatively famous people. Like I've met yeah. lots of actors, uh, especially a lot of uh, musicians, like uh, people from metal bands. Yeah. Um, met a lot of them over the years. So I generally don't get like, um, starstruck. Uh, I don't get starstruck because I've met so many people that I see in, uh, in like movies and TV or playing bands that I really like that's like, Oh, it's not a big deal. I was shaking when I met Jason David Frank. <laughs> that is the one where I was actually like, like nervous, like, like, Oh, come on siege. Don't, don't say something stupid. Just say, uh, just, just be friendly. Don't say something stupid. Don't be weird. Like, don't be weird. Don't be weird. <laughs> And indeed, then I ended, weird. And then indeed I ended up being weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ain't nothing you can do, man. No. Uh so uh the doctor they they modify the um the doctor's like hollow emitters, uh, so he can basically just be transported from uh sick bay into this holodeck program. So they do that. He meets up with Freya. 
Freya is like, ah, oh, are you a sorcerer? And he's like, uh, well, no, I'm just, I'm looking for, uh, I'm looking for Grendel. I'm looking for Beowulf. And she's like, oh, well, uh, you must be friends with those other two. Follow me. And she and right takes... away, he ingratiates himself with Freya more because she's like, huh, are you friend or foe? Blah, blah, blah. And he's all like, oh, I am friend. And she's right. like, I am the shield maiden. And he's like, you're the shield maiden, Freya. He's a nerd, everyone. Well, he, this is he a good read... introduction to Yeah, doctor. I kind of. I kind of skimmed over it. Well, he read Beowulf, right? Oh, at in least. Preparation. Yeah, but like probably a dozen times. Well, no, no. He knows everything. Specifically, Janeway. Yeah, specifically, Janeway told him to read Beowulf before he, before he went in there. He had three and, hours. Well, and he, like, he's a, he's a computer program. You would think he would be able to absorb it and retain it indefinitely and, and very quickly. So she's like, How, are, are you a sorcerer? How do you know my name? I know not of you. And he's like, uh, your tales. tales of your deeds have, yeah, have come to my lands. So he, he's role playing. He's he's yeah. going with it. <laughs> um, yeah, I like I it. I should also mention that they they tell the doctor that uh, he can basically make himself a. They they've made it so he can be solid matter, or he can just be a light, just purely a hologram. He can be solid, uh, much or like how he interacts with things in the med bay. Yeah. Right. Like when he needs to pick something up, he can. He's he, uh, he can become solid. What's the matter. term? A uh, magnetic um, compulsion. Magnetic. Blah blah blah. Sciency. He can be solid or light. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and indeed, that's how char characters uh, in Star Trek. Uh, the the holodeck. Um, it uses a mixture of transporter and replicator technology. To essentially convert uh, energy into matter, energy into matter, and it can create solid matter temporarily, and then completely destroy it, completely the, uh, break it apart again. And the, and the safety protocols, whenever you are about to be hurt, um, I forgot to mention this. Whenever you're about to be hurt, the safety protocols of a hollow deck program, if the safety protocols are on, guess what? They're not. <laughs> Um, a, a Star Trek podcast I listen to, they they frequently say, they're like, why would you ever want to disable the safety protocols? Because you're why a hardcore a Klingon. <laughs> and you like to fight to the death, even when you're fighting a video game. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about you, but if I, I was going into the holodeck, those safety protocols, that would not even be an option for me. I'm like, I and do not want to get Imagine living to 30, 40, 20, whatever your age is. And like you get stabbed by like a Shakespeare in the park Viking and the Beowulf like program and you die. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine being like, you know, 30 years old and you're playing like uh, uh, Mario Kart. I don't know. <laughs> you're, you're playing. You're playing a, a holodeck Red Dead Redemption. And you there get you shot go. by a cowboy as you're trying to rob a bank and you actually die. Cool they, story, bro. You will you will be forever known as that idiot who got killed pretending to be a cowboy. By the AI program that was Jesse the Kid, baby. I <laughs> right. So I I think that there shouldn't even be options for the safety protocols to be off, but yeah, yeah. And that's uh that that's what I was saying that they a point that they frequently make on a on a Star Trek podcast that I listen to. Oh, do do they argue? Why is that even an option? Yeah, yeah, that's what I was just saying. Um, Agreed. Yeah. 
so she takes uh, she takes the doctor back to the uh, to the longhouse and to meet up with uh, Hrothgar and Hrothgar's uh, little buddy here gets all aggro. They go through the same it's they a go, program, right? So, this, so they go through the same meshes, messages. Oh, you can't take out Grendel, but if a great warrior, blah, blah, blah. And his like second hand man is all like, ha, you'll have to test your metal against me. So the program is playing out similarly. Yeah, yeah. And so they they try to sword fight. The doctor, uh, understandably, is not very good at it. So the I guys, love how he goes to pick up the sword and it like it dro- drops. It comically it. like drops. Yeah. And he's like, "Oh, enough of this!" And he puts down the sword and he turns off. Um, his he, physicality. He, yeah, yeah, yeah. He becomes non-corporeal as the guy like attempts to like slice him in half. And he swings and- so hard and through him that. It's kind of like hitting something against a solid wall with like a baseball bat. His hands ring and he's like, oh, and they're like a great warrior. He is indeed. And, and, and like, the, uh, yeah, I guess <laughs> perhaps he is a sorcerer is what <laughs> I would be wizard? saying. <laughs> uh, and the doctor very cheekily like uh, leans down to the guy and he's like, you'll want to put some ice on that. It will remove the swelling. Meanwhile, by the way, People on the bridge are like watching and listening all of this go down. Yeah. So they're like, they they must be like, wow, this doctor's got some sass. <laughs> so they um uh, the Vikings make uh they they have a big feast and they're uh, they're serving, I think it's elk. And they have like this giant elk leg in front of the doctor, and they're like, taste it. And he's like, No thanks, I'm not hungry. And they're like, come on, have some. And so the doctor starts eating and he's like, oh, this is quite good. And they're like, tell us great. We get so few visitors. Uh, tell us tales from your land. And the doctor's like, well, I'm not really. I was surprised he could eat. Um, but I guess not... it's just a simulation. Anyways? Yeah, I don't know. I... Huh. I don't know. I mean, Data can eat. Well, Data is um, physical. True. Right. And he, he can um, buy a lot. He can but, uh, chemically but process. Te- the doctor is a holo- is a hologram himself. So and they're in the he- hollow deck, and he's eating a ho- like a hologram leg of elk. So why not? If we were in there, could we taste food, or would it uh, be like a replicator, and it would be real food? I think it would be real food. So um, uh, what happens here? Oh, you were saying uh, recall us a tale of your heroism from your lands. And the doctor is like, oh, I'm not much of a storyteller. And they're like, come on, indulge us. And the doctor is like, well, and he tell I, I, I can't like repeat it like word for word, but, but we can give you the idea of it. He tells this very amusing story and you can tell like, this is actually something he's proud of about and he's how excitedly telling it about how there was an outbreak of like some kind of measles and he worked for like 72 hours. It was, he's like, I figured it out, but it was touch and go there for a little while. I worked for 72 hours straight developing a, a uh, inoculate a vaccine to get the crew inoculated. And they're like, I stopped a a pandemic. Yeah. And uh, they're like Like record scratch stop. And they all just (laughs) awkwardly (laughs) look at each other and they're like, Yes, very, very interesting. Uh, well, the uh, the the Hrothgar's right hand man is like, I'm going to bed. I've heard enough of this, so he leaves. I'll be in my bunk. And uh, the uh, Hrothgar is like, 
very unconventional uh tale you you told but um, um a welcome addition to the hall <laughs> <laughs> some shit like that yeah uh so uh, the doctor is about to turn in for the night, and Freya, they all just disappear, go off to their beds. Oh, there, there's this one uh, bit j- as they're leaving, um, where uh, the the doctor is like the doctor and Hrothgar are walking and talking, and the this like oh. guy, this guy like brings along like a jug of mead, and um, uh, Hrothgar is like, ah, perhaps, uh, perhaps a uh, drink of mead for you will uh, will help calm your nerves before the coming fight. And the doctor is like, no thanks. And then Hrothgar smacks it away, and he's like, be gone, quit wasting the man's time. How dare! Oh, by the way, he's introduced himself because Kess earlier in the episode was like, hey. If you're going on a mission and it's dangerous, like my, maybe now would be a good time to choose a name for yourself. Right. And he's like, uh, the, the doctor's like, well, interesting. Okay. And he ends up settling on Schweitzer. Dr. Schweitzer. Yeah. Dr. Schweitzer. Right. That's and funny. so they all call him that in the, the program. And yeah, the, um, the, um, the Yara like smacks the mead away because he's like, no, thanks. And he's like, oh, how dare you insult the great warrior Schweitzer with such swill. Be gone. And I'm like, chill. He said very, no thanks. It was a very it's a waste of ale. It, it was a, I, I actually laughed out loud at that moment. Yeah. Um, they had fun, man. All of these extras, uh, sorry, the, the minor roles, all of the minor roles in this episode, fuck, two thumbs up. <laughs> I, I'm a fan. So the um, uh, so the doctor like turn goes to turn in for the night, and Freya's in his room, and she's like, uh, you know, it, it's uh, one needs to stay warm before a great battle, the night before a great battle. Oh yeah, and, baby. and the doctor is like, uh, why? Yes, you've done a great job with the fire there. And she is like, it's not what I meant, bro. She's like there. Are- uh, thou art other ways to stayeth warm. <laughs> and she leans in and, and goes for a kiss. And I thought he was going to be kind of like awkward or like pull away. My well, man goes right for it. It makes goes sense. Right I mean, it. makes sense. She's a she's a hologram. He's a hologram. Why not? It's less weird for him than it is for us. <laughs> if, you, if you think about it. Kind of. Yeah. And I mean, realistically, though, like. If this technology was real, like. 90% of the things people would be doing in it is fucking like you can't tell me 99 come on especially if there's a level of privacy yeah man i'm programming like teachers i had from like elementary <laughs> school in there <laughs> my mom's friends you know just milfs from video games hexadecimal from reboot seven of nines going in there what what (laughs) yeah yeah it'd be like screen are judging me (laughs) it'd be like uh for me it'd be like uh, just great big giant like pansexual orgies like all about yeah deadpool's (laughs) in there (laughs) uh the teenage mutant ninja turtles (laughs) spawn i mean they do walk around in those trench coats right just exp- exposing themselves. Uh, pickle power. Uh. Uh, so 
Yeah, so she after they kiss, she's like, "Well, you know where my bu- you know where to find me." And I'm and, like, "Does he?" And the doctor's <laughs> like, "Bow chicka bow wow." Oh shit. Cuz he gets a but energy he reading. Gets a chance to um to be like I wonder if I was programmed. I wonder if I with the stuff down there. I've never checked. I I wonder if I was designed with uh, complete and total anatomic and anatomical accuracy. Indeed, I was. I've got a lot of like questions because um, one, why would he? That's kind of weird, programmer. And uh, two, um, without hormones or anything. We we find out why though much later in in Voyager why he is poetic and has urges and all that because maybe he's a little more realistic than than is called for but that's well, that's in, another in, episode of voyager indeed in the future too uh uh the the series finale of um of uh voyager the series finales of these shows like star trek shows often involve like time time travel um they do don't they yeah, they yeah. do. Next Generation's dead. Voyager's dead. Uh, Deep Space Nine's dead, I think. Um, oh, it's been forever. But yeah, there, there's Enterprise is kind of dead. Um, <laughs> I defend Enterprise, but it has like the worst like fucking series finale in the entire franchise history. Um, anyway, uh, so that's for our after. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I might actually take notes for for that next week uh, ahead of time. All right. Uh, But what ends up happening here, he doesn't get, you were saying this time, time shenanigans and the doctor and. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, Indeed. In the future of uh, Voyager shown in the series finale, uh, the doctor is actually like, he's walking around with his EMH and he's actually like, uh, I think, I think he's a professor at uh, Starfleet Academy and he's even married. Yeah. He's just a dude. (laughs) Yeah, he's married to a human woman. Uh, yeah. But anyway, but anyway, so uh, uh, the the light behind the door thing happens again, and we we get to meet uh, Grendel, and it's this big uh, angelic tentacle thing, big old biblically accurate angel. It's a tentacle. Uh, it's it's light tentacles. Uh, so he's trying to he's scanning. He pulls out his tricorder like nervously. Hey, he's committed. He's doing he's, the mission. He's committed. And by uh, the way, when he's solid, um, he could potentially die. Was the implication here? Yeah, but I I don't think that they knew that this that uh, this could happen. So what happens no. is th- this thing like pulls out its tentacle and wraps it around his arm, and he's like, "Uh, uh bridge, we got a problem here. Get me the fuck out of here." Help. <laughs> and so, and so they they uh. uh they pull him out and bring him back to sick bay and he's missing his arm Which... and Tom and Tom Paris. There is like, uh, uh, he's like, uh, Paris to, to Janeway. We have the doctor. She's like, great. How is he? And he's like, uh, you might want to come down here. I, and I see think this. he should just come and see. <laughs> and so and it's they... weird because it, it's showing him dismembered. Um, yeah. but the doctor apparently, uh, he isn't in pain. Right. But, um, he is in distress because I mean he's a hologram. Yeah, that where's my fucking arm, bro? <laughs> that would be freaky. And uh, he's a surgeon. I like, like so, I wonder the fear. It, d- it doesn't explore it much, um, but I wonder the fear there of being like, like previously thinking that you you weren't constrained by those 
the the mortal parameters of such things and then suddenly being like oh <laughs> and yeah. indeed it's temporary yeah they they fix it and they speculate that like the like um uh like sub photonic particles or whatever oh, magnetic cohesion that that makes the particles um make him solid that's what they call it magnetic no no cohesion. i, I i'm talking no no i'm talking about the um oh the photonic resonance of the creature the the photonic resonance of the creature like uh it was able to they like it was able to interact with the thing that you just said magnetic about. cohesion there we go together there we, go. we got there <laughs> yeah uh it was able to f them up yeah uh but they were able to and, and this is the part you had mentioned um like earlier there's a big old like hmm the data from the tricorder that's weird it reads like a biological symbol and this is when the audience is a million miles ahead of the plot. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, and that's my big criticism with this episode is, uh, and I'll talk about that more later, yeah. but um, I was ahead of the plot most of the time oh. in this episode. If you're not 10, you're ahead <laughs> You're ahead of the plot in, the, in this one. Yeah, yeah. So they're like... It was alive. Yeah, they're like... <laughs> They're they're like oh we're de detecting uh, uh, synaptic pathways three specifically. She is weird, huh? I guess we'll what, have to do more experiments. What could it possibly mean? And I'm like, one, you're detecting synaptic pathways. Two, you're detecting three sets of them. You have three crew members missing. It's pretty fucking obvious where this is going. But, but it don't takes... worry, it's fifteen or twenty minutes before they <laughs> before they before they actually come to that conclusion. And that I found kind of frustrating because it's like. We just get Duh. to that point. We 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 know where this is going. The viewer knows where it's going. They knew where it was going beforehand. You scientifically backed it up, and you've shown us. You don't need to go through science hoops and extra scenes. Extra scenes where we see um, uh, uh, we see these things that 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 are in containment fields in engineering. I'm gonna kind of like skip. Let, let's yada yada. They go to study it. One of them breaks the containment because remember they were capturing them as uh, fuel cells. At the yeah. beginning of the episode, one of them breaks free. They go, hey, it's going through the ship's circuitry. That's weird. Let's make a um, a field, containment field. Oh, that's weird. It, it turned around it as if it were dodging it. <laughs> well, let's I'm make like, three. And I'm like, you don't say. This thing let's, is let's, clearly, this thing is clearly conscious. Let's make like, three. That way, if it turns directions, it can't get away. Let's make a cube missing one side. And Paris and, and um, uh, who's with them in engineering? Um, Bellana. Yeah, Bellana. Um, they're like, that's weird. It turned the one direction. We didn't make a containment field. <laughs> I know. So strange, isn't it? It's as if. It's as if it is alive. <laughs> and again, the viewer is like, yeah. Yeah. No, dog. <laughs> yeah, I've seen Star Trek before. Guys, I know exactly where this is going. I've seen a Star Trek or two, and I, I'm with you. I, um, nobody's sitting here going, slamming their beer down and like, oh, my God, my God, are you telling me this thing is alive? <laughs> Nobody is. The thing fucks off and leaves the ship and goes into this like uh, uh, newly forming star. And, and, and like alt warps space. And they're yeah. like, how did it do that? 
Maybe it has an invisible ship. Maybe it has transport. Where did it go? We don't know. Maybe it went back to the, the star. Well, why would it do that? <gasps> and then Paris and Janeway have this like Eureka like, moment. Eureka moment where they over explain. Yeah. And again, yeah. Paris already came to this conclusion. So when Janeway is explaining it to Paris and the others, I'm like, Janeway is like, watch. you You said you discovered uh, uh, synaptic pathways, She's three like, sets of them. Hold we're missing, beer. <laughs> we're missing three crew members. What if? And they're like, I, I know this is going to sound crazy, <laughs> but what if? What if all three of them are still alive somehow? And what if we can communicate with this creature and we could somehow get them back? And it's like, yeah. yes! <laughs> what if these things are actually alive? And what if the ones we were experimenting on are alive too? You know, and they what just- if that hit- one's like, what if the one that took over Grendel is like mama photonic resonance? Okay. <laughs> like, what if, what if it's like me, like, I know I would do whatever I could to save my missing people. So what if it's just doing the same? And it's like... And Tuvok is like, are you suggesting that it's taken our crew members captive? Yeah! yeah. <laughs> <laughs> are you saying that it can convert matter into energy? It came out of a star. What do you think stars do? <laughs> yeah okay listeners is everyone caught up and so everybody has this um big um sherlock moment and they're like oh janeway you've done it again old chap <laughs> and she's like elementary my dear idiots they're alive and i'm like oh geez where would we be without janeway coming in and stating the obvious <laughs> captain oh. hindsight away <laughs> <laughs> so long story short they figure that because they still have one of these like uh photonic whatevers um they still have one of them captive they're like what if we send the doctor back to the holodeck and set make it free peace offering and make a peace of offering it. set it free in front of grendel maybe as a as a gesture that we mean no harm maybe they'll release our crew member too and i'm like it's a solid plan. It's a big fucking gamble, but it's a big fucking gamble. Um, but there's also it, now that you know that this thing that you have is alive, there's no no reason to hold it. There's no reason and, to keep it. And if there's three signatures, when before there was only one, when yeah. Kim was missing, it stands to reason if there is an entity and those signatures are still um, responsive, that yeah. In the very least, it's a non-sentient thing somehow keeping matter alive. Right. And interacting with the holodeck in curious ways. So, I mean, at this point, might as well. Yeah. And indeed. Yeah. Uh, and, and they the reason why the it's interact the, the reason why they're, uh, they explain it at one point in the episode, the reason why it's interacting with the holodeck is because um, uh, it's... Basically, they they use some like truck bullshit to explain it, but basically, to to kind of simplify the explanation, or at least how I understood it, was this star uh, leaked radiation, like photonic radiation, into the ship uh, when they were it, trying to capture it to study it earlier. Yeah, it it uh, 
primarily in the holodeck, but they're even finding it in other parts of the ship, like the replicators. Right. Yeah. So um, it it it's interacting with the ship in certain ways. So it, it specifically it's going for the um the, the replicators, the transporters, and the holodeck, so, which are all very uh, similar ways of trans. Furring energy into matter or vice versa. Yeah. So uh, I, I buy it. Yeah. I, it makes again, sense. Over they, they got to the, the 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 point. Again, 15, 20 minutes, like the viewers are smart. Uh, okay, energy alive. Energy yeah. uh, energy alive, angry. Energy want baby energy back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they send the doctor back into the holodeck uh with uh one of these things in a containment unit. And I had one thing I was wondering, I'm like, these things were able to bust out of containment units before. So why is this one different? Uh, because they're not messing with it. And this is like a more powerful one, I guess. Because remember, they still had one in a containment unit, so it could have been less powerful. Mm. All right. Or a younger one or a smaller entity. It, it just seems yeah. like a bit of a plot hole to me. I never, I never even thought about it. I was like, seems legit to me <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so the the doctor uh goes back to the forest he uh greets Freya's Freya like, holy again. shit you're not dead and and they hug uh per perhaps thing, you are a wizard um I, I forgot to to illustrate some sort of relationship in a very quick uh we forgot to mention um they talk about life and death earlier when they're they're back in the longhouse and she's like how do you deal with the fear of not knowing how you're going to die or if you're ever going to see your friends again? And he's like, I'm still, I, I don't, I'm still learning. Mm. <laughs> like th that vulnerability and that honesty, uh, that's how, how they bonded. And he's like, well, what about you? And she's like, I always picture my, my own death, like, sword in hand above my head and like falling in battle so like any viking about life and death yeah and it's interesting that he he's okay with saying i i don't know i'm i i'm still dealing with it and that that was a shocking amount of emotional uh emotion from and well star trek is known known for that um but just it it comes in in a goofy episode like this well, right, speaking like where a hologram can identify his his fears. Yeah. Uh, speaking of emotion, uh, uh, Hrothgar's right hand, aggro right hand this man shows up. Douche. And he's all like, aha, I knew you must be in league with Grendel because no one could survive Grendel. I will kill you. And he goes to attack him. And Freya is like, no, no, he, he's cool. He's got a talisman here to help us. And the, the age old thing. Oh. Well, if you're on his side, he must have been witch. He must have bewitched you. Yeah. Um. So he goes to kill him. Uh. Before they sent the doctor back into the holodeck, they mentioned that because he's carrying this talisman, he must stay corp uh, corporeal. He must stay solid matter. So he is actually vulnerable here. And, uh, and indeed, he's kind of. He looks at the the capsule and he's like, "Oh, oh shit!" Uh, uh. <laughs> like awkwardly, doesn't know what to do and kind of just although scurries this, out of the way. Although at this point I was wondering, I'm like, just put it down. That's just put it down. And then put it down, uh, bro. 
and then make yourself uh uh uh, uh non-solid matter like non-solid just make yourself light so yeah you and, and time killed. your punches so that you're solid when you hit him and and not solid when he's swinging at you yeah um, exactly but he's not a fighter uh he no. he has reaction speed isn't even that that high and um he's immediately knocked over <laughs> Yeah, and uh, so the guy goes to, like, stab him, and uh, Freya, like, dives into the way, and she ends up getting stabbed instead, and the doctor, like, drops the talisman and then holds holds her in his arms as she dies, and then meanwhile, the uh, asshole uh, takes the talisman back to the long haul. What a, what a piece of shit. Who's he, whose side is he on? <laughs> And so uh, the doctor uh, takes uh, Freya's sword and he goes to the longhouse in a, actually, a, I really like this scene. The doctor walks in like very confidently, like holding Freya's sword. And he's like, that talisman, I need it. And uh, uh, the asshole. Right, because Fre- Freya, Freya dies. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Only because it's relevant to his name. They're, go- they're touching departure. Freya and the doctor, she's all like, um, I die proud knowing that um, someone I love's uh, names were uh, were the last upon my lips. Goodbye, Schweitzer. Mm. And I'm yeah, like, yeah. That, and, and that's that, relevant to the name thing later. It's also touching. But yeah, sorry, you were saying he confidently busts open the fucking door of this longhouse. Yeah, holding Freya's like, sword. That talisman will aid me in my con. And now he's not, he's not nice. He's like, that shit belongs to me. Quit fucking around. And I'm I'm on board, baby. <laughs> and so the douchebag is like, is like, this this guy is in league with Grendel. He even killed Freya. Fuck. Okay, yeah. now you're yeah. you're a bad guy, dude. Before, yeah, yeah. okay, whatever, you're superstitious. He's a sorcerer. Like who? Who knows? Right? Your sword went right through him. But now you're a bad guy. And I was like, wait, is this guy Grendel? So, um, so the doctor like <laughs> takes his sword and puts it to the guy's throat, and he's like, and I, I, I like what he says here. He says, "The only reason you're still alive is because I took an oath that I would do no harm. That I would the, the do Hippocratic, no harm. The, the Hippocratic oath." Um, with the with and then he pulls the sword away from the guy's throat. I'm like, that was a great scene. Bravo. That was a great delivery. Like, bravo, Robert Picard. If you don't love the, oh yeah, <laughs> he's he's part of why I fell in love with Voyager. Yeah, he's um, my nobody says the they don't like the Doctor. Pe- people shit talk all the other characters from Voyager, but I haven't heard a single person say eh about Robert Picardo playing the Doctor. Yeah, yeah, great. Uh, uh, I, I I would say underrated, but no, he's actually like he he made oh, yeah. makes makes the rounds in sci uh, in not so much nowadays, but in uh, the nineties and two thousands, he was really making the rounds in sci fi TV. Yeah, um, he's he's great actor. And uh, what happens here uh, after earning the talisman back? Um, the reason why I thought that stupid right hand man guy was like a creature of the night or evil was because he grabs a torch like from oh, the, yeah, the hearth, right, right, yeah, and he's got a torch in one hand and like a sword in the other as he approaches this guy and the other guy's like oh fuck <laughs> anybody else no just me and he almost seems afraid of the fire and yeah. earlier they said 
Grendel is afraid of two things, loud sound and fire. So he strikes at night when mm. we when we go to sleep and everything is quiet. And so I was like, why is this guy afraid of fire? Hmm. I mean, no, to be fair, if someone came at me with a sword and a torch that confidently yeah <laughs> i would be i would be pretty afraid too i would be you're also away. not a viking with a sword True. on you <laughs> so the uh so the doctor grabs the talisman and like goes uh uh goes uh, to the door and he's like grendel i summon you or whatever yeah and uh so grendel the angel t- the glowing angelic tentacle monster shows yeah. up and the doctor is like i don't know if you can understand me or not but we mean you no harm here you can have your friend back and he opens the uh the talisman up and the photonic creature like floats away yeah and then it leaves and then all of a sudden uh those three crew members come back so tuvok and chakotay is there as the camera pans around and seemingly they don't remember much time has passed and as the camera pans over uh kim he is in like medieval like warrior yeah he he's dressed as beowulf yeah (laughs) and anybody um because this is the first time the episode um shows kim um he's a little bit shorter i think he's asian american or like korean american i don't i don't want to speculate or whatever well, and I think so I love. I think he's Canadian, actually. Can- Canadian, yeah. What what is he? Uh, you said his name earlier. Uh, Garrett Wang. Is he Canadian? Yeah, there's a. I'm pretty sure he is. Uh, oh, Amer- American actor. Oh, never mind. I was wrong. What do we got here? Uh, Riverside, California, baby. Who am I thinking? Someone on Voyager is Canadian. I swear. Oh, interesting. Taiwanese state-sponsored cultural exchange program, which was the first time in his life he wasn't the <laughs> the only Asian around, but I'm reading his like wiki here. Oh, interesting. We're close, people. We're from Canada. <laughs> I, I Californian. I, I yeah, I don't know why. I, I thought he was Canadian, but oh well, doesn't matter. Riverside, California. Yeah, and so it's funny um seeing him like dressed up like as Beowulf and uh, it, it wasn't like funny, like, ho ho, why is he like dressed like this? Like anybody can LARP. I'm from a LARP. I, I used to run a LARP from a LARP. I used to run a LARP people. So anybody can be anybody. But like, I kind of wished he was wearing a fake beard. <laughs> <laughs> because that would have completed. Because I swear the, uh, speaking of fake beards, I swear the actor who plays uh, Hrothgar's right-hand man is wearing a fake beard and like fake eyebrows. (laughs) It's so bad that they'd like, that's what I mean by Shakespeare in the park. Like, (laughs) I'm literally watching this and especially the Jarls. It's like a Santa Claus beard. (laughs) Like they're not even trying. And indeed, it's supposed to be a stage play almost. Yeah. Yeah. So I I kind of wanted um, Kim to just like have a big helmet and like a huge like thing and just like take the helmet off and the beard and be like, what did I miss? Well, and indeed he's like, uh, Hey, someone want to tell me what, what happened <laughs> where I was. And then, yeah, uh, so I guess they have no memory of being energy or maybe do any like, of us. They, I, I mean, maybe they do. <laughs> maybe they know that something 
Maybe maybe they know that they went somewhere, but like they because they don't have pers- their they, senses, they they can't yeah. because they were like a completely different type of. Uh, they were converted into like a completely different type of uh, life form. They don't really have any comprehension of it. Right. Yeah. Because we're used to seeing things with their eyes and hearing things with their ears. And when they were energy, they were just kind of like, Whoa. (laughs) So, so they know something was up, but they don't know exactly what it was. Uh, So the end of the, the, the episode closes out back on sick bay and Janeway is uh, telling, basically tells the doctor, good job. I'm going to put in a, uh, uh, for a Starfleet commendation for you or something like that. And the doctor, yeah. And the doctor's like, Oh, thank you. And by the way, the doctor's giddy as he's recalling it. He's like, I I just wish there was like, he's like all smiles. He's like, I wish I could have pursued this. Like, uh, interspecies like relationship like further and like maybe they didn't understand me maybe they only perceived my actions but I, I i find it like really intriguing and indeed um yeah and jane he's like mentioned- i wish we had met under better uh circumstances and janeway's like actually that's that, that's exactly what we that's we did that's that's the exciting part about uh making first contact with a new uh species and you did terrific. It often starts bad, and then we can figure out a way to communicate, and peaceful negotiations are made. Um, and so she's like, "So yeah, I'm going to put into uh, put in a commendation for you. Uh, I'd like to attach a name to it. I had heard you'd settled on one." And the doctor is like, "I had, but uh, the last time I heard that name spoken, uh, it was as someone." It, it it as someone was it was the last time i heard that name spoken uh it was a painful a painful moment, moment and i'd uh, rather not be reminded of that and uh yeah that's pretty much the episode there because when i was watching the episode i was like i swear his name is in schweitzer <laughs> and, <laughs> well, and indeed, and indeed he, he, yeah. he never chooses a name in the show he's always just the exactly doctor. yeah and he, he throws around the idea a lot of people are like oh he should go with mark because he's emergency medical hologram Mark One or something like that, and I'm like, don't go with Mark. And you know what? It's okay. It's okay to to be the the doctor. Yeah. Um, I did a, a one shot that was kind of sci fi ish, and I had like a a hologram just called like the the engineer or the doctor or or something like that. And one of the the players kept being like, oh, well, like, what name should we call you or blah, blah, blah. And he's like, oh, the doctor is fine. And I I guess they never want uh, nobody. Nobody else had watched Voyager because uh, there were no uh, Voyager jokes or doctor jokes therein. But um, yeah, somebody was like, please state the nature of the medical emergency. (laughs) I I did say that. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But um, it was interesting because one of the players like kind of was seemed very much like um well you're sentient and like you need to have a name that's a very like human thing right it's like well even dogs have their name but they didn't choose it yeah that 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 is true well and humans are uh very very uh geo humans usually don't choose their their names either so (laughs) sorry humans are very geocentric oh yeah yeah and uh indeed like Star Trek, as progressive as it can be, like a lot of the times it treats uh, 
uh, it treats concepts like this at, in a very like hu geocentrically human way, looking at mm -hmm. it in looking at it from an entirely human point of view and it's like okay so this uh this artificially intelligent hologram must have a name because we as humans think that things should have names and uh, labels and uh, ways of identifying each other yeah in a certain whereas, way whereas i imagine for something like a an artificial intelligence uh identity would be probably be something a lot more abstract than that and and it, and this is um an ai that's like programmed to be to be humanish though so it's yeah that's part of the fun of the show is like how human is he? same thing with vulcans right like with um uh, spock oh is that the human side speaking or the vulcan side and then like spock will like retort with like some some quip <laughs> yeah watching like, going back and watching the original series it's actually it's kind of annoying how how much they're trying to gotcha spock all the time and then he replies with oh neither i'm simply replying as a starfleet officer yeah like but it's he, just they do they do even in the episode we reviewed yeah and like it's kind of annoying because it's like just leave the guy alone well, like, it's it's kind of like the equivalent of mentioning somebody's race or uh, uh, sex or, or gender, yeah, uh, nonchalantly, and it's kind of like, eh, fuck off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I understand that um, Kirk is trying to be close with with uh, with Spock and and all of that stuff, but but again, um, if it's an alien race, it's okay. But what if it's a, like a uh, like a human with different colored skin yeah. you wouldn't be all like oh <laughs> is that is that like a european or an asian thing to somebody that's like half exactly european yeah half yeah it, it's one of those ways that uh <laughs> start that star trek the original series in particular is very much a product of its time because yeah. because nowadays like uh you would never write that kind of stuff like that into science fiction no because the equivalent of it is so yeah on the nose that yeah it's 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 a pro it's a pro becomes problematic yeah yeah but um yeah that is um heroes and demons i think that's that is that's it folks um so uh uh i it's tech the 12th episode but technically episode 11 uh if you're like looking looking it up because i think episode one's like a two-parter it's a two-parter it's considered two episodes yeah uh it's called episode 11 on netflix at <laughs> at least and uh but but here on laser comb um we like to uh there's no rating system but uh after we watched a random episode of a classic tv show uh we like to uh ask each other uh siege uh after watching Heroes and Demons, uh, Star Trek Voyager. Would you tune in next week? Uh, I got to be perfectly honest. No. If I caught Voyager uh, just this episode, and the reason why is because I was so ahead of the, uh, I was so ahead of the plot. The viewer doesn't like to be treated dumb. Yeah, yeah. We've I, we've spoken about I, this. I, yeah. Yeah, I, I was ahead of the plot throughout the entire episode, and it just became kind of an exercise of, okay, guys, stop fucking around. Stop 
stop narratively these extra stop, scenes yeah stop narratively dog fucking and just get to the point that i already know you're trying that you're going to land on eventually that we kind of knew in the first yeah. 10 minutes so yeah. to have them multiple times paris be like but what if and then 10 whole minutes later janeway be like okay Try to wrap all listen up, you primitive fuckheads. Try to imagine if you will. And it's like, yes, yes. <laughs> so also all the stuff with um Tuvok uh, and Chicote, uh it's kind of unnecessary. They could have just walked right in and I liked the back and forth because they're so different. Chicote is so friendly and talkative, and Tuvok is so by the book that but I what I mean, that, but, but what I mean is is like you could have there. There's an extra element to uh, to the the beginning of this story that isn't needed. One, you either don't need the Harry Kim mm. aspect of it, or you don't need the Chakotay and that's Tuvok a good, aspect of it. That's a good point. You could start the episode with Harry Kim going onto the holodeck and then getting captured by Grendel and the crew, which being replaces like, the need the the need to show that scene with. Yeah. So the, uh, what is it? Um, uh, like kind of wasted screen time. We we talk up about it. It's, uh, it yeah, feels yeah, it, like, come it, on, it, give me some more doctor development. It's it, it, it's a redundancy. It's like one like you either didn't need the Harry Kim going missing stuff and just had Tuvok and Chakotay on the holodeck or and going missing. Show Harry Kim being like avast and role Which, playing Beowulf, and that would have been more fun. Uh, seeing Harry seeing harry kim like fake beard like uh. handing it up on the holodeck pretending to be I, beowulf and i feel like we actually missed that yeah and i would have preferred that i'm with so, you actually so, so they could have started the episode off that way had harry kim get uh turned into energy by grendel and then the the crew being like oh shit, what happened and then investigate and then being coming to the conclusion that they come to after and cutting out the fat and then sending the doctor in. Yeah, yeah. They they could have just had that happen, figured out what was going on, and then set the doctor in. You didn't need all of that stuff with in the beginning with uh, Tuvok and Chakotay. It, it was weird. It felt like they hit rewind. Yeah. Like they, they were replaying the beginning of a, of a game or a program over and over. And it's like, we only needed it once. Yeah. Uh, that being said, because I liked the emotional scenes with the doctor, I think I would tune in next week. So I, I, I liked all the stuff with the doctor um, and the, the Shakespeare. Your criticisms are Viking. valid though. <laughs> the, the Shakespeare in the park uh, Vikings. I don't like uh, was really amusing, but it's just, um, it's a very shoddily written episode and that, that would make a very hey, bad first yeah. impression on me. And it doesn't really ingratiate you with anyone outside of the doctor. No. Like if you just watched this episode, of course you'd be like, I don't like Janeway. She thinks <laughs> she's, she thinks I'm dumb. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, but the, the doctor won, won me over. All right. Well, that's been uh, episode 30 of the Lasercomb podcast. Uh, best way to support the show, go to patreon.com slash lasercomb, L-A-Z-O-R-C-O-M-B. $5 tier gets you bonus preamble audio, commentary tracks, and a whole bunch of other shit. The $10 tier uh, lets you pick a show for us to review a random episode of on this very podcast. And you also get our weekly-ish news and current events program, Lasercomb Tonight.
So uh, go check that out. Facebook.com slash or Patreon.com slash Lasercomb. And you can go to Facebook.com slash Lasercomb for social media. Or you can follow me on Twitter at Lasercomb. Or you can follow Cal at at NeoCal, N-E-O underscore K-A-L. Uh, we will be back next week with episode 31 of the Laser Gone podcast, where we will be finishing off our Star Trek-themed month with Star Trek Enterprise. Uh, Which I have seen none of. All right. Uh, I'm actually watching through it right now on Netflix. So Wait, I'm... is that the one with the sexy Vulcan? The, the sexy Vulcan, yeah. Okay, I've seen the first two episodes. Uh, <laughs> so to figure out what episode we are going to watch we're gonna go to the trusty random number generator so i'm gonna hit uh screen share here and uh i don't need to look it up because i know star trek enterprise has exactly 98 episodes so it has that many wow it lasted four seasons unfortunately it was canceled i think a little bit before its time because season four uh seasons three and four in particular were quite good uh, so one random number between 1 and 98, and here we go. And uh, beam us down. 39. What is episode 39 of Enterprise? That is a season 2 episode. I'm on season 2 right now currently. So oh. uh, season is... 2, episode 13, Dawn. Episode 13, Dawn. Uh, Commander Tucker Shuttlepod is fired upon by an Arconian ship and is stranded on a desert moon with his attacker. Oh, I remember this one. Um, yeah, it's not a bad this episode. This is kind of like Enemy Mine, the episode. Y'all yeah. remember Enemy Mine? I made my partner watch it with me. Uh, it's also kind of like um, uh, Darmok and Jalad at Tanagra, an episode of Next Generation. Darmok right it's where uh picard is stranded yeah on, yeah stranded on a planet with an alien who um he has a very hard time communicating with and they actually have to learn how to work together and communicate uh so they can work together to actually like get off of defend themselves against this creature right did, did you ever see enemy mine uh when i was i a think kid, it's little, dennis quaid yeah when i was a little kid yeah I don't remember anything Quaid? about it. Yeah, it, it is, is Dennis Quaid. Yeah. yeah, that that I can remember. Yeah, that uh, was my so, jam growing up. Anyways, yes. <laughs> yeah, so we'll be back uh, next week with uh, episode thirty nine of Star Trek Enterprise. And until then, I've been one of your hosts, Lieutenant Commander Siege, and I'm Emergency Hologram Cal. And uh, until next time, uh, do to beam up. <laughs> <laughs> Reboot. <laughs> Come on, two to beam up. Ah, well. Whatever. Two golds plated bars of latinum for the first people to beam us up. <laughs> no? 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 Oh, that usually. Uh, how about five? Ah, there we go. Oh!